This is exactly right. I'm Kate Winkler Dawson, a journalist, author, and podcast host. And I'm Paul Holes, a retired investigator with experience solving some of America's most notorious cold cases. Together, we host Buried Bones, a historical true crime podcast on the Exactly Right Network. Each week, we examine a different case from history and use our years of experience and 21st century forensics to bring new insights into these very old tragedies. Like the time the Sausage King of Chicago's wife went missing in 1897. Don't miss new episodes every Wednesday. Follow Buried Bones wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> are you leaving or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter how much baggage you claim. Give us a time and date. Terminal and gate. We want to send you off in style. We want to welcome you back us all about it. Were you scared or was it fine? Malfoy. With Karen and Chris. Welcome to Do You Need a Ride? This is Chris Fairbanks. And this is Karen Kilgariff. Hello, my friend Karen. Hello, my friend Chris. Yeah, that was just a glitch with the, uh, yeah, I didn't pause. (laughs) That was an audio glitch. That was an internal emotional glitch. Yeah, that was just an audio glitch in the (laughs) the voice that talks to my brain and tells my mouth what to do. (laughs) It was like, start, stop, stop start again. You know what I started doing that I should have stopped, right? Is I this looks I'm going to show you a bottle. It looks uh I thought this was like that mist that is like rose water that you spray in your face. Uh-huh. Cuz it's in my niece's I'm in my niece's bedroom. And yeah. I just sprayed hand sanitizer on my eyes. <gasps> You thought it was face spray and it was san- hand sanitizer. Yeah, yeah, you got to read labels is my point. <laughs> It kind of burned, but now I'm you, okay. It was a little Did wearing your horn rim glasses actually block that from blinding you? You know they did. Good. <laughs> yeah. So I, in a way, you cleaned your glasses a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It was for the best. You know, that's my point. It's, it's okay to make mistakes because sometimes they're happy uh, accidents, as Bob Ross Yes. Says. Yeah. It, as long as you're wearing your safety goggles, that's the key. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, always. Mistakes always. are allowed as long as you have the proper face wear. Um, I have to apologize because I literally just got off my therapy appointment and flipped right over to this record. Uh, she was like, we have to finish on time today. And I looked up and it was like 4.01. Oh. I was like, oh, I got to go. I got to oh, go. Oh, for timing wise. I thought you felt <laughs> you had been oversharing so far. No, no, literal. You're in therapy literal mode. Zoom therapy. And then I just was like, okay, got to go do my... Comedy podcast, so I gotcha. I, which I actually think is a good oh, way to start. Oh yeah, get, get, right? uh, getting a little closer to knowing yourself right before you do a podcast. Yeah, it's a great kind of idea. tenderizing the soul a tad before we get into 
one of the probably one of the greatest conversations we will ever have with oh, our guest yeah. today. I mean, it, it always, it, you know, I can tell when it's going to be a good one. And it's yeah. just, yeah, yeah, I can feel it. When the initial hi, how are you clap moment happens and you're just like, the electricity is here. Yeah, yeah. And it's white hot and it looks like it might be here to stay even (laughs) after we're done recording. I mean, I could (laughs) tell from our chit chat in the beginning that the rest of the day, I mean, I got, I'm gearing up. My brother-in-law's having his retirement party tonight. There is uh, fireman type decorations. You're going to be glowing uh, yeah, from this conversation. Uh, well, I'm going to be, I have. A, I feel like I'm going to be meeting real men tonight and they're going to shake my dainty little hand and squeeze it a little too hard. But uh, other than that, I'm really looking forward to it. I have tiny hands and I find a lot of, when they shake, people shake my hands, they try and squeeze the knuckles together. Here's the thing, especially with firemen, you can't bring that level of insecurity into the handshake. They'll feel it. They'll know it and they'll crush you. So what, what if you're I go? Do, what if I act so insecure? I go up and hide in a tree like a cat. <laughs> in the living room? Yeah, I've seen them. Uh, <laughs> I've seen them take to that quite well. You, yes, go hide <laughs> and stare with really wide eyes yes, at the firemen in, in the living room. Just my yes. sister's the largest plant. I yes. will scale it. Get up on the back of that couch and just let them know <laughs> you're there and scared. Oh. And before we bring our guest on today, who I'm very excited about, uh, one of my favorite people, I just want to warn you, there is a brand new kitten in this room that could reveal itself at any moment. Okay. And and just so you know, it's not an ugly one. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, that's just a visual that I'm warning you about because that's always good for podcasting. That's perfect for podcasting. Our guest today has played clubs and colleges all over the country. many colleges. Mostly (laughs) colleges. (laughs) She just realized what we're doing. (laughs) She was a headliner when I started in San Francisco. One of my early heroes, but I didn't get to talk to her that much because as as we've discussed, she would just drive home after her sets. She never drank and never hung out. And that's all I did. Right. uh, (laughs) To to get good at comedy was hang out at the bar. Um, She has a podcast herself. More than one or one? There's the the Jackie and Lori show. Jackie and Lori show. With a Dinar favorite, Jackie Cation, who's been on multiple times. But this is her first appearance. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Lori Kilmartin. Oh my gosh, thank you. This is very exciting. I did, you know, I I am a bore uh, at a a nightclub, (laughs) Um, but I like your positive spin. But yeah, I I do my set and then I leave before I I develop any connection with other people. (laughs) I think it was the right thing to do, like in re- in retrospect. Yeah, the healthy thing to do because I in Austin, where you just immediately show up and you're drinking beer and smoking and eating bowls of cheese, uh, it's like an occupational hazard that you want to hang out. And I fell right into that. And mm. I remember when you first came to Austin, and you were the first comic that I saw, or that I kind of got to know you through. Uh, Martha Kelly and and Michelle Balloon and we went out to lunch and you were all, up till that point I had opened I had only opened for like strange men that made me feel weird and you're like a totally normal person <laughs> that seemed like had a healthy life and 
which was reassuring because I was just getting into stand-up. So yeah, yeah, you know what's weird? Like I just worked on the road in uh, Ohio with uh, two two women, and they're both Midwest comics, and they never get to work with women. And they were both like, this is so strange <laughs> to, wow. to not like walk into the green room with like your armor on because you feel like yeah. someone's gonna, you know, say something dodgy and you have to come up with it, come back and prove you're cool and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. But you have to do it just perfectly so that you also let them know you're not cool with them saying that to you, but you're yeah. also not uncool like you're going to be a bitch. And there's right. a real, it's a real You, you got to be a hot ball buster um, yeah. to get the guys to, to still not hire you for their shows, but still, <laughs> but not say anything bad about you. <laughs> right. Just re, I don't know how, how soon the release date is for this, but like, uh, I think the, uh, the Dane Cook game night picture came out and everyone's sort of pouring over it. Like, it seems like a lot of adult men and a lot of teenage girls uh, yes. for game night. I don't know what it is. And uh, <laughs> I hope everyone had a good time and a consensual, uh, consensual fun. This is a new photo? That is yeah, just, I think so. Oh, yeah. gosh. Or maybe I... it's it's resurfaced, uh, I guess, because of the attention uh to his engagement and, th- and congratulations and good luck uh, <laughs> <to> <laughs> of his, his his girlfriend of five years, who is you would think thirty or thirty five, but she's twenty three. So she's twenty three. When I do twenty three minus five, <laughs> I get right right on the margin. Yeah. Right there, you know junior year sounds yeah. legal to me. Sounds yeah. legal, right. and I'm fine. It's a real Jerry Lee Lewis situation. <laughs> It's a truly barely legal situation. Oh my God. It just seems to be the dream. That is a good example that he was uh, one of the comics I worked with in Houston when he wasn't yelling at me for not being on MySpace because that's kind of like where he got <laughs> right. big. Uh, it was it was one of those, that was one of the comics where I felt uncomfortable or like I was ill at ease. And My point is you made me feel at ease and you're a nice person. And oh, that's, thank you. That was my whole point. So those kind of comics also make some male comics feel at ease too. You guys oh, totally. aren't all yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Not yeah. to the extent. Yeah, I'm. I never felt. Well, uh, it also feels like in the green room, the bar is so low for correct, normal behavior that it's like I think if you really pulled everybody aside separately, everyone would feel ill at ease because yes, it's, true. it's a bunch of kind of like what I've observed over the years is very maladjusted, either nerds who have figured out like the right leather jacket to buy to cover it up. It's like people (laughs) who have done a lot of post high school work to get to make up for how bad things were. And now they're doing this thing that because they're really smart, but it doesn't mean that they're good socially. So the discomfort in that room gets set. I feel like the bar gets set by the headliner and whatever type of like blowhard or creep or cool person or juggler, magician, whatever you get, it gets set by that. And then all the hangers on and hangout people and middlers and openers are just going to play along with that because you just want to get your work, keep your work, keep getting work. So you're just, it's the most, uh, manipulatable, <laughs> malleable group of people possible, right? Because it's just like, well, if Dane Cook wants us all to do shots, we better do shots. And if yeah. so-and-so is going to read the Bible, we're all going to nod our head quietly. Like, it's just <laughs> whatever you can do to keep being there. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's weird. I've also noticed like I, like I'll have I'll be like the uh, the more experienced comic on a like a bringer show or something, or a newer where the other comics are newer, and uh, they're so they talk about their set. Like after the set happens, they talk about it with each other. They they pour over it. And uh, it's it's this weird nervous energy that I that I I remember having had once I guess, but I'm like it still exists. You got it's so strange to just be like, oh, this the thing I finished and already put on, out of my head. You're gonna <laughs> listen to it immediately and uh, go over it and talk about it. It's so strange to me. Yeah, I never did do that. I never did record and listen, or I just forgot about it. And, uh... Yeah. Even from the, I wonder if that that's a sign of someone being a hard worker. I just never did that stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> also opening yourself up, I feel like, because I started in 1990, mm-hmm. that was not allowed. Like you could not show that level of True. fear or concern. Like you, that wasn't chill and cool. So you couldn't do that. People would mock you until you died, basically, if you did yes. something like that. Dude, what did you think of my third joke? People would be like, go fuck yourself. Like, it would be, you'd be ripped apart if you did you something like that. You think I watched your set? No. You're a yeah. piece. I, I heard you quacking from back here, and I knew I didn't want to watch your set. Well, I'm, that makes me happy that I started in Austin because everyone was pretty supportive and nice until the local contest was it, that was Tore in the it all apart. Oh. Yeah, the funniest person in Austin came oh, around. No. And, yeah, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden... Terrible everyone, title. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's to the point. Uh, but yeah, I I think when I moved to LA, I noticed like, wait, I thought that was my friend and they're being mean and trying to make me look bit like, why is it competitive to just be in the bar at M-Bar? Like, what, I, I, that was new. That's city. That's yeah. city yep. comedy. Big city. Maybe yeah. it was a Bay Area thing, Karen, where, yeah, you, you you couldn't act like too impressed or interested in your own act in front of people, right? Yeah. Like, uh, I remember um, when Madonna started calling herself an artist, and I'm like, what? <laughs> and now everyone does. My son calls himself an artist. I'm like, yeah, all right, you're an artist. Like, everyone, everyone just uses these sort of words that were mockable where we came up, I think. Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, you know, when we when I first moved down, because uh, I think you moved down after that first influx of what people— I moved in 94, and then a bunch of people moved, like, the next year. Yeah. Did you move in the 90s? I moved to New York in 98. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay, You're, you went East Coast. So, yeah. like, when we first moved down, there was, like, a kind of a big group of comics that had all people from all over. But there was definitely a large contingent of Bay Area comics, like Blaine and Patton, me, Brian Post. There was a whole bunch of us. Laura <laughs> Milligan, Tony Kameen, Greg Barrett. Yep, Greg yeah. Barrett, yeah. Like everyone, and Margaret yeah. Joe. Yes. Laura and Margaret went first, okay. so they were kind of like the scouts that were like, yeah, yeah we, got a, we got a house. Now there's a place to, like, base this. Um, but Kathy Griffin used to call us the tough customer. Like, oh, you're from San Francisco. Tough customer. Tough oh, customer. Wow. And she'd kind of make fun of everybody because that was it was that thing of, like, everyone was trying so hard to be the funniest one. It was that being mean was absolutely on the table. Like mm-hmm. you, vulnerability was just absolutely, in my mind, never an option. Yeah. Wow. For those people. Yeah. That's weird because uh, I went to New York and the people that uh, that established a bulkhead there were uh, Lank, uh, no, excuse me, Jim Earl, not Barry Lank, Jim Earl and uh, Ray James and Don Perazzo. Mm. Those were the... Oh, 
somebody had an apartment in Williamsburg and that, oh, and Steve Rosenfield, because they were working on The Daily Show, I think with Kilborn oh, yeah. too. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. was like, you you do need a couple of comics to do it first and let you know it's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from whatever your scene is, I think. Yeah. From your hometown. Yeah. You started in the Bay Area then, Lori? Yeah, I started in 87, and uh, I was uh, from Walnut Creek. Okay. Uh, so I, I lived with my parents and just kind of uh, went on the road and um, did one-nighters, did, did whatever I could, you know, until 98. And then I moved to New York and sort of uh, got a day job and started just, like, uh, getting into the New York scene, which is so different. Yeah, I just— So different. I'm so impressed with you still that you've always had like a right, like I've known you to be on writing on Conan for all those years and you're a mom and I would see you. There was nights where I'd have like three sets and I thought, oh, I'm really doing it. I'm putting in the work. And you were at each one of my shows. Did you do find, or is that, so maybe that's just my perspective. Did you find for a while you and I were on the same shows quite often? It felt like it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, hello again. And uh, and as usual, you do your set and you leave. And I would, you know, I'd climb up and do a keg stand. Not anymore. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you are you are a hard worker that always has made it work. I A lot of people, if you get a writing job, I the first thing I would do, I think, is quit going out to do stand-up every night. That's my point. It's tempting. I mean, um, I'm so glad I didn't because that's yeah. how I'm making money Me right too. now. Because I yeah. haven't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I haven't had a writing job since October. So, yeah. <laughs> I'd be in a full panic if I quit stand-up. Yeah. You like, yeah. you still like it. That's that's the... I do, yeah. Yeah. It's still, it's, Me too. It's still fun, you know, to figure stuff out and try to... And plus, I feel like there's so many, like... Uh, bad comics now that I, I feel like if you're, you're good and you have good sensibilities, you're obligated to stay in it because you're needed. You're very necessary. Yeah. Very good point. I just know there's still this lingering potential for me where I could get really yes. good. And so I got to stick with it. I got to stick it. I feel like if I just, just to see what happens. If I just would chat with someone about my sets afterwards. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've recorded, I've taken the mini tape recorder recorded my set and never listened to it oh again. My never God. even yeah. looked at it again. It was just like, what's that going to do for me? Yeah. yeah. Uh, my whole phone, it's dating back to 2015, 16, yeah. the beginning of iPhones. I have no, never listened to any of them. I make <laughs> sure they transfer every time I get a new phone. Because yeah. one day I'll want to hear my know. old... Oh, yeah, I, what that joke was really bad in the beginning stages. Thank you, 2015. <laughs> You could hire someone to transcribe all of those. I, and like, then you're like, it's a book. Yeah, yeah. I'll, get, <laughs> I'll just go get an intern somewhere. And then you need to hire someone to read them. And then you just need to hire someone to be you. Because it's, yes. so, <laughs> it's so painful to look backwards, too. But yeah, I have, like, I have no room storage on my phone because I'm afraid to delete any of these voice memos in case they're, they have the magic key. But they don't, and I won't find it anyway because I won't listen to it. So uh, I've really yeah. trapped myself. Uh, people make fun of me, but my new phone is half a terabyte. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like a, <laughs> my first uh, external hard drive is basically this phone. Oh, my God. Lori, I have, uh, you're a former competitive collegiate swimmer. Every time I have so much <laughs> lake water in my ear right now, oh. and now it's starting to hurt, and I've put these swimmers' ear drops. Are you asking a question? 
I am. I'm leading up to it. <laughs> you to can it. see my voice is game. I've uh, I've tried the swimmers who drop, which is like alcohol, and then the waxy drops. It's how? What do I do now? I think I've almost never had swimmers ear. You know. See, that's why you're a swimmer. Do you wear a cap? <laughs> do you wear? Yeah, I, I mean, don't. <laughs> no, I when okay. I swim in a pool, I wear a lot of embarrassing things: a snorkel. Mm-hmm. Uh, goggles. Uh, yes, it goes up the middle. It has Michael Phelps's <laughs> signature on it, and those are good ones. And flipper, yeah, it is a good. It helps with lung capacity. Mm-hmm. But no, I was just swimming in a lake, and it's become. I can't hear. It's just. I wonder what you usually do. That seems alarming, but yes. um, I would start wearing a cap. Okay, uh, and see how that that goes. Would you wear a cap in a lake? Yes, I would. I would wear a really? cap and goggles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Do you wear a hat with your pajamas, a pointy hat, <laughs> a cap when you sleep? <laughs> well, Do you I guess- hold a candle up in a dark hallway <laughs> ever. There's like you can answer what? these questions separately or together. Are you being haunted by any of the old people you used to work with on Conan that have passed? <laughs> Are you Ebenezer Scrooge? <laughs> That's what we're- a couple questions. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? I guess maybe my my baseline question, which I should have asked earlier, is what what's your cap look like? Does it have flowers on it? Does it have accoutrements? Because I'm thinking just a lycra cap, like a you know competitive swimmer cap. Will I I normally when I'm doing laps, I wear my black speedo with a speedo logo. I have to mention that the yeah. speedo gives me money. <laughs> no, I I was just at a lake trying a new thing, and I was falling repeatedly. And I think that's why. I think it's the rushing of water suddenly in my ear. You were falling in the water? Yes. I was trying to do this thing called a hydrofoil, which is a, you prop it on a dock and then you run towards it and jump on it. And it's got, it's basically a surfboard on a stick with fins at the bottom, which are dangerously razor sharp carbon fiber fins. I was very worried about cutting myself. And then you pump on it and you ride on it like three feet above the water. So it's a board, Oh my god! but it never touches the water. And it's very difficult. And then I looked at videos of people that are good at it and it looks like a pogo stick. It, it's a styleless sport. I, it doesn't even look good, but I'm addicted to it now. And that's what I kept falling. And uh, what if you two just started snoring? <laughs> Well, like, I, right in the middle, I just heard like the two the two Muppets on Sesame Street, those conjoined Muppets. Uh, I, I'm going by my initial uh, recommendation is that you, you wear a cap. If you're like in the Olympics and you're wearing one of those like super, you know, again, Michael Phelps like caps, yeah. that keeps water out of your ears. They actually seal so that water can't go in there? It's not. It's never a complete seal, but it's right. it, it, co- it covers the hole up pretty well. And mm-hmm. um, but uh, that's not what it's for. It's usually just to keep your hair down, and so your goggles will stick the cap also as well. Right. But I think that's an outcome that happens additionally is that you won't get water in your ear. I, I get. Oh. I hear you because I I I'm like it certainly a swimming cap doesn't keep your hair dry. Uh, it gets under there. Yeah. But I have noticed if I really pull it down, it will cover my ears. And I'm like, well, that it's not going to keep water out of your ears, but it'll keep it from rushing in if you do a, a backwards flop and slap the side of your head on the surface of the water. I think that's why. I need to just start wearing a cap around town. Mm-hmm. Never know when you're going to end up in the water. <laughs> 
And Karen, what's uh, what is your swimming problem today? Yeah, my swimming problem is this. Um, I actually do swim a lot in the summertime, especially. That is my favorite way to get exercise. And I recently bought little gloves that are like fins. Have you oh, ever seen those? Yes, I have so some. You, yeah, they're wet. So you actually. Yes. So you go faster when you swim Uh and I love them and it makes it so much more fun. Like it's really powerful in the water and it's the difference is so slight, but the power is like, it feels three times as fast, but they're really hard to put on. Yeah. Like, cause they are also that really tight kind of rubber. Like it's just that thing. Why can't they make some sort of a product so that like, because I think of swim caps and I just think of them like ripping your hair out because yeah, yeah. they're so rubbery. And it's same with those gloves. The silicon swim caps are a little thicker. Um, they're made by, I have, I use Tyr, T-Y-R. It's not Speedo, but um, at Chris, I think you'd find, you'd be satisfied. Um, it's time for also, a new cap. There's a, there's a paddle. It's not like a web thing, but it, you could just slip your hand into it really quickly and it, very easily. They're plastic paddles. And I use a, a pair by Finis, F-I-N-I-S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. red, they're uh, black and yellow and they're reversible. So if you have them on one way, you do it with freestyle and, and backstroke. And if you have them on the other way, you do a fly and breaststroke. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's the same thing where it kind of like yeah. the power is up. I can't really explain it. I have, I have Finnis uh, flippers that I think, like Karen was saying, with combined with the hand fin, because I have those rubbery frog hands also. And then the <laughs> flippers, plus it, they're weighted. And so I feel like my legs are doing more work when I'm kicking. Yeah. And I have Finnis brand waterproof MP3 player with headphones so I can listen to music while I'm swimming. Does that work? Yeah, and then Finnis is from the Finnis people. (laughs) (laughs) Because I tried to do that with, um, and the ones that I got, uh, there was a problem. Oh, it's because you, I couldn't go all the way under. Right. Which is how I like to swim. I listen to half a song before water inevitably gets in there. It's, yeah. I understand that they're waterproof, but my ears are not don't won't perfectly seal. I don't have yes. in my ears a God-given gasket that's going <laughs> to seal around, you know? So I kind of stop using them, but I, I do. It's those finish. I'm just saying those people at finish. We're what all doing. about finish. <laughs> yeah, I like the sound of sloshing. <laughs> it, the swimming's the last place where I can't be disturbed, you know? And uh, mm. were I to be fiddling around with tech, it would it'd just be ruined. I might as well right. be on the elliptical at that point. <laughs> I, yeah, I got True. them in anticipation of swimming when I was told by my hip doctor to become a swimmer. I didn't really know how to swim. So I bought, I'm like, well, that's going to be boring. So I, preemptively got the waterproof earphones. And it feels like if if you did only breaststroke or a thing that kind of kept your head up more, like there, because in the beginning mm-hmm. when I was swimming and I truly was just trying to do laps for a half an hour just to be moving my body yeah, in some yeah. way, I just wore normal Apple AirPods and uh-huh. I was just like, you just really? can't get these wet. So I was doing basically like a frog stroke oh, and right. just keeping my head up the whole time. That's risky. Um, yeah. It's well, very risky. It's I, very while risky. I swim, I like to have fresh toast. So you imagine me <laughs> just holding it up. <laughs> holding it it's up. It's all legs just and you're screaming. holding a plate. <laughs> <laughs> just holding it above your head like say anything, but you're just screaming. 
<laughs> Everyone this running is for out. Later. <laughs> well, actually, that was going to be my follow-up question to Lori. Now that we have a swim expert on the show, which we've wanted for a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this is great. We can really this. We've needed you. Uh, do you find? And maybe this is a thing that if you've done it for long enough, you've already kind of adjusted. But for me like as opposed to getting on an elliptical machine, when I swim for exercise, I find that I'm hungrier and want to eat more later in the, like later on in the day. Starving, starving. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think part of it is being in the cold water, you know, being uh, being a little chillier um, and you don't, you don't get, get so hot like you do on the elliptical that yeah. uh, you kind of want, want to warm up a little bit. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. A lot, yeah. A lot of food afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> you just I- have to. That's I was ga- I was gaining. I swam a lot after when I recovered from hip surgery, and I and I had gained a little weight. And I my this might sound crazy, but my doctor was like, "That's because the water is cold in the pool, and so every time you jump in, your your body is like, oh, time to build up a layer of fat." He says, "You need to swim in a very warm pool." And I'm like, "Oh, let me get access Ew. to a hot pool, like a That's rich so boy." So disgusting. I know. Like, like my body thought I had become like one of those polar bear swimmers, where they. <laughs> That's what he said, but I think he just yeah. was. He was winking, telling me to try harder. Yeah. But it, yeah, afterwards, you're right, Karen. It, it's your full body moving. You just need five sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. Right, because I, I read a thing where it's like you can work out for half an hour on the elliptical and that burns whatever. But if you swim, it's double. Whatever you do in the pool is double. And then I'm like, that's amazing. But then if it's making me way hungrier Eat than triple? I normally would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, this is highly unfortunate. And that's when I get really into trouble where I'm like, oh God, I'm super hungry. So I probably should have a burrito and start planning a dessert instead of going, just eat an apple, like fill it up with, you know, whatever. Yeah. Fill it up with something good. That's never my plan. (laughs) (laughs) And add to that, that your body's just creating a layer of fat because of the cold panic it goes into. (laughs) I I do think that being in the water... uh, is better for your brain. Uh, for some reason, it's just, it, it feel uh, like, say you burn the equal amount of calories or whatever on an elliptical or a pool. Mm-hmm. After you get out of the water, you just feel different, you know? Yes. As yes, opposed to, yes. you kind of feel just, you know, sweatier when you get off of a gym uh, equipment. It's totally. Yes. It's way different. I did not expect uh, the meditative quality of it. Like, yeah. I, it's the only time I'm doing a thing for like Karen said, I'd try and go about a half hour without stopping. Uh, yeah. Sometimes 25. But I, you're just paying attention to going straight and breathing. And it's not, bore, it's not boring. I didn't need music. I'm just like, it's the only time you're just focused on one yeah. thing and you're not thinking of, like, I'm not thinking of any of my problems. I'm not trying to think of jokes. I'm just thinking about breathing <laughs> and going straight and having yeah. a rhythm. It's great. Then when you get out, the thing that I was really loving, and it's making me think about because I'm like, oh, I have to get back on that. I was doing really good and doing it every single day. And the thing I loved was like at night when I would go to lay, like after I'd be done with that, and it would kind of be like whatever happened at work or whatever kind of stresses, whatever. Then when you're laying on the couch, you have that like all your muscles are tingling feeling. I feel like that's that's the goal. That became yeah. my goal of the day of like, just swim long enough so that you'll get that feeling because it feels good and it like makes you feel better. Always. Oh, I noticed that both you guys said that you kind of swim for like a half hour straight 
And uh, I, I find that to be actually kind of tough. And I like to break it into little chunks, little sets, you know? So uh, oh. usually there's a pace clock if you're swimming like at a regular lap pool yeah. uh, that you can go, you know, I'm going to do like 10 two lappers, which are like 50s, like 10 50s on the two minutes or the minute and a half. And the clock will kind of keep track of things for you. And then, you know, you can kind of rest and it, it, it makes it a little more interesting for your brain. And then, you know, you do a kick set where you put your fins on, grab right. a kickboard, and then you do like a, a pat, like a pull set with your paddles or your gloves. But it, if you break it into little parts, it's, it's, I find it way more enjoyable than just going, I'm swimming from 12 to 1230. And, uh, right. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. A, I need a to really switch good it plan. Up. I need to learn a second stroke. <laughs> yeah. Other, I can swim on my back. Uh, and I guess that, I guess we'll call it a backstroke. And then a f- a freestyle, which is just for me, I'm just making it up as I go. <laughs> You're um, rapping the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, it's easy to rap underwater. No one. No Do one you knows remember? What you're saying. There was a Robert Redford movie that came out in the, this is such a deep cut, but it came out in like the, I think mid 2000s. And I think it was based on a true story. It was Robert Redford married to Helen Mirren and he was an executive that got kidnapped. Do you remember the story? No, 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 no. The movie opens with Helen Mirren coming out in the very early morning with like the fog on their gorgeous black bottom pool with the like, natural stone surrounding whatever. And she gets into this still pool, very, like, barely breaks the water, lowers herself down, and then does, I think it's the breaststroke or whatever, that kind of froggy one. And she just swims the pool as the credits roll. And I literally was like, I need to do that. Like, (laughs) that, that needs to be my new routine or whatever. And so when I got a house with a pool, I was just like, and now it's my Helen Mirren era where I will do this. <laughs> and I told myself I do it every morning, but of course I I don't. Like I should do it at like dawn the way yeah. she did. Yeah. But do you imagine credits rolling as you do it? <laughs> yeah. That was my favorite thing to do as a kid. I, I here's the thing. I worry I don't like to swim without a lifeguard because I, I feel like you actually are attempting the fates to roll credits on your life. Right. <laughs> at that exact moment. Yeah. <laughs> I, li- I like to have a lifeguard. I like a witness or two. So yes. Because when you yeah. said 50 meter, you are swimming in, in Olympic regular. I'm going to 24 yeah. hour fitness where there's uh, <laughs> people waiting in the pool after the hot tub just yeah. to rinse off and there's band-aids and it's gross. But, gross but you, I, my first time in, there's one here in Missoula. I've been here all month and, uh, they they had the pace clock and they had yeah. I realized that it would be 120 uh laps back and forth if I were to realistically swim to Alcatraz. Uh, <laughs> is that what you're trying to do? Are you prepping for an open Someone water mentioned swim? it, said they'd give me a thousand dollars to do it, and then I realized very quickly that it would be impossible. Karen and I talked about it. Also, sharks, also I'm not a good swimmer. There's a bunch of reasons also, to not do it. Okay. I think you would, based on how cold the Bay Area water is, yeah. you would probably gain 50 pounds a second. <laughs> yeah, if, 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 we're, if we're assuming that's true, you're yeah. fucked with that. how cold that goddamn water yeah. is up there. And not to mention but a bunch of it getting in my ear. There'd be oh, a lot of... Your ears, uh, my God. And how, yeah. how heavy would your ears be with all the weight gain and the water? I was offered $1,000 to do it. <laughs> to swim to or from Alcatraz? From Treasure Island, Alcatraz. Actually, a little 
uh, a little further than from the. I don't know where you would do it from San Francisco. I guess under the Treasure Island. That's like halfway across the Bay Bridge, essentially. Yeah. Or three quarters. Yeah. Yes, I it do. is. Okay. Yeah. Because it's called Yerba Buena, I think. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah. The Yerba yeah. Buena part is right where the bridge goes through, and Treasure yeah. Island's the flat. Sorry, I know you no, both are well, from it's, the it's Bay the same Area. Thing. <laughs> no, they describe changed it to the us. name of it. Oh, it was did Treasure they? Island, and that's, you know, that's how I grew up. That's how I was raised. And then I yep. went back, and uh, they changed it to Yerba Buena. And uh, yeah, I was, wow. that was, you know, another disturbing thing about the Bay Area that, you know, you leave your home and then you just keep coming back and stuff changes. And it's and you're like, what, who the hell did this? The same thing happened with (laughs) when new comics would come down to LA and I'd already been down here for a long time and they'd come down and we always called it the city, right? Because especially because people who live in like the suburbs around San Francisco, you say you're from San Francisco, but you're not. I'm from Petaluma, which couldn't be more different than San Francisco. And we always called it the city. Are you going into the city? Do you have a thing in the city? Well, the kids started calling it the Bay. And it how fucking irritating. And and for them, it's like it's like calling it the city. It's it's normal. It's like it's that's what everyone says. But this I was like, sorry, who changed it? Why would we be changing it? Are you you're not going to the bay? No one's getting in that goddamn water. (laughs) Like, what do you mean? You can't furthermore, they're they're calling all of California (laughs) Cali. Uh, Who? What? A lot Why? of a lot of people are a lot of, <laughs> and it's it's uh, very upsetting. My hometown, Missoula, people call it the zoo now, which drives me <laughs> nuts. Know. It's not. For it's real? a liberal arts college town. It's not a zoo. It's not. It's not wild. a morning radio. <laughs> or they call it Montucky, where there's no rednecks. There, there's, there's no. I mean, nothing against Kentucky, but it's. <laughs> and then someone started a beer called Montucky that is everywhere now. And every time I see it, I'm like, don't give my town nicknames while I'm gone. <laughs> I feel like this is classic old people talk. I like, know. It's like, what the hell are they calling it this for? It's, it's not <laughs> it's the... like, this is how you know. It's like, if you're mad about your Berbuena, you know, you know you're <laughs> old. We started in like 2006 uh, <laughs> yeah. instead of uh, the late 80s and early 90s. Yeah, what a different yeah. podcast this would be right now. It's yes, so funny. So I, that's why when people see me for the, like people that just listen to the podcast, and go to a show and didn't know what I look like or they th- they're like oh I thought you were like 65 or 70 <laughs> it's not I'm like oh I must have a distinguished voice no it's because I complain about old guy stuff a lot of medical stuff a lot of hip surgery talk yes. yeah you hip are surgery. an incredibly young to have had hip surgery though let's get that on the record it's, uh, it's yeah ridiculous. but if it if you had hip problems because of skateboarding oh goes oh. right back to Cool. So incredibly cool. Yeah. I'm not good at skateboarding. <laughs> yes. I just do it a lot. And uh, why are all these kids on my lawn? <laughs> Lori, what else besides where you're from and the fact that you've been doing comedy forever? What's what's fresh and new in Lori Kilmartin's life these yes. days? Um, I guess it, it's a new um, unemployment, you know? Like yeah. mm-hmm. I, I had been working pretty uh, for 10 years straight on Conan. Yeah. And so uh, while I was raising my son, and so that was very um, stressful in some sure. ways. And my mom moved in with me for like uh, four years and helped out. And that was uh, that quadrupled the stress or maybe yes. even a higher number, <laughs> a higher percentage. Higher than quad. They need to but come it up. Did, yeah. 
Yeah, it that's, led to some um, some amazing tweets. Thank you. Think it's the mom series. All worth the mom series of tweets were <laughs> truly amazing. Um, so now my mom died, and my son is a lot older. He's almost sixteen, and I don't have a job, and it's this really weird. Uh, the compression is gone, and I'm and uh, it's I'm finding it hard to even do anything like one activity <laughs> in the day. Yeah. When I used to do twenty, like I'd wake up and I have this list, and I would start it. And, and now it's, it's, uh, it's really hard for me to focus like that, but I, I feel like if I had another job, I would get back into it, but it's, yeah, it's definitely, it was an ex, a lot of external pressure. And now that it's not there, it's a re- very strange feeling. Yeah. I can relate to that so much. And because I think, and now I can't remember, but it was always, Conan was always a daily show up until when they stopped. Right. So it, was, yeah. it never went weekly or did anything yeah, weird. Uh-uh. I honestly believe working on a daily show warps you in such a specific and kind of singular way. And then when you're out in the real world where people are like, I work on a show that's once a week or once (laughs) a goddamn month, or we have five, six months of pre-production and then I don't even have to worry about the other part of it. Like there were parts of it where like, it's like I was raised in this highly emergency situation. And so then after I first left... After five years of doing a daily show, I laid on the couch and watched NCIS for <laughs> nine months. And literally, like, I couldn't get up. Right. And I could, I kind of couldn't adjust because it was like the difference was so vast and the yes. level of stress dropped to a unnaturally low level where it was a really difficult adjustment for me. Really very strange adjustment. Yeah. yeah. I think that's where I am right now. I, I'm watching The Nick. Um, <laughs> Isn't wasn't that a great? I, I love that show. It was a great incredible. show, I, and it it's no longer got like canceled. I it I yeah. no, that show makes me laugh so much. I oh my I, god! And like I, every time. Wait, you sorry. Think, the Nick, the one about the hospital. Yeah, with isn't Owen, that funny? Clive I was Owen. thinking of the Mick with the <laughs> woman from Always Sunny. That is yeah. also very funny. It's a very funny. That's right. Show. Oh, that yeah. reminds sorry. me of that show, The Wick. But yeah. I. I, I <laughs> You know, all I've done during quarantine is watch the tick, the witches (laughs) of Eastwick, (laughs) the tick. (laughs) Sorry, I had to get mine in there. No, I I know. I I talked right over you. That's a real show, though. I think I made one up. Wow, that's a classic example of Karen and I both needing to get out our ick. (laughs) (laughs) Barf your ick into the microphone as quickly as you can. Get your credit. Now, <laughs> no, the Nick was the hospital from the 1800s one, which was, I think, I think it was really expensive. I think that's why they stopped doing it. Because first of all, I'm sure Clive Owen was expensive. And then yeah. everyone else on that show was so good. I loved yeah. that show. It, it yeah, really it seems expensive just to recreating the sets and stuff. But it's it's so funny how they, all their medical treatments, you know, are killing them. And they're so yes. excited about them. <laughs> Mercury <laughs> treatments. What? No, yeah. not in your vagina. No, no, please stop it. Oh, uh, yeah. But it's weird because all of the men are awful. Um, but in yeah. different ways, and it's, <laughs> and they're allowed to be because of the way society is, especially back then, the white men. And uh, yes. yeah, it's, it's just like you're like, gosh, this is this is probably pretty accurate. Is to, uh, the yeah. rights that women had and the very limited amount of uh, autonomy they had, you know? Yeah, because all those doctors were on cocaine, like, oh and God. the cocaine was just kind of free flowing. Like, yeah. it was it was aspirin back yeah, then. Yeah, it was in yes. Coca Cola. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. I t- did one, took one screenshot of Clive Owen saying this hospital, like the hospital runs on cocaine and I tagged Josh <laughs> Gondelman in it because one has to, but <laughs> I, the amount of times I haven't um, tagged him in a cocaine screenshot, you know, because I have it with the subtitles. Um, I feel like I deserve a little more praise because it's, yeah. it's nonstop cocaine with Clive <laughs> Owen and, uh, that's Josh Gondelman. He's a very funny comic. His risk yeah, yeah. is that he's a coke addict, which he's not. But I'm sure he's tired <laughs> of it. But yeah. I was like, Josh, I got to do it. I'm so <laughs> I got to tag you on this. Now more than ever. Josh. Is that, <laughs> do you find, is, is that the kind of show, if not a daily uh, variety or talk show, would you want to write on a scripted show like that? Uh, I don't know. I think what, that's one of those ones where you just watch and go, that's magical. I, I don't yeah, know that, yeah. that that ability, especially historic and all that is, uh, it's in my wheelhouse, but it, it's just such a weird time right now. Like today, it seems like HBO is about to, apparently it's going to be like a tab on the discovery app. It's like, wait, yep. what? This is the best yep. streaming app. What's happening? Why, why are you guys ruining it? And Everything's what, what like happening? shifting. Also, yeah. I had a friend who was just talking about, and these are people who like literally just got got off one show and they're just like, there's no jobs. There's no, like uh, all the, like the staffing stuff is changing really dramatically, yeah. kind of overnight. And people are, it, it's really difficult and rough. And then also it's like, if I were your manager, Lori, like the idea that they constantly are making talk shows for people, like new talk shows for yeah. people. That's like a thing that just constantly happens. Yeah. And when when I w- used to do that all the time, my thing is like, but you don't have to just make a show and throw it out there and then cancel it eight months later, which is normally what happens. It's like, why don't you hire the people that know how to make these shows and then actually figure out how to make it really good so it lasts? Because there are people that have that knowledge already. Like someone that's wrote on Conan for 10 years, it's like, you know, a little something about making a TV show that people want to watch. And yet usually it's like on those, those other new um, talk shows they I always watch, I think they get very like producerially based first instead of content based where it's like, yeah, but someone's going to have to come up with segments and they can't all just be the the hotspot of like, here's the gossip for today. It's like, no one gives a shit about that. Like you have to kind of innovate. I don't know. Yeah. That's my wish for you that someone cool would get a talk show that they actually want to be funny. If I could take a stab at being your manager for you. (laughs) Yeah, I everyone's going to get a chance. If, yeah, we all, <laughs> I want to hear you both out before I make my decision. <laughs> okay, it cool. sounds like you've been working too hard and you right now you're enjoying life and relaxing. And I think you should try and milk this unemployment as long as possible <laughs> and keep flirting with um, laziness uh, <laughs> and and keep doing and keep doing stand up because you missed it before. So just my advice is to not get work. Just keep oh, doing what you're doing. Mm. Yeah, right, yeah. Now, it's as, healthy. as a as a manager, do you make a lot of money? Because no, no, okay. no. I have yet. I have yet to get a percentage <laughs> of any of my clients. I my encouragement is for all of them to go to the beach and buy a hammock. Yeah, yeah, and go yeah. viral on the beach. Yeah, That's the best way to do it. Yeah, you just look relaxed and glowing, and that, why ruin that? Why with like a daily? Ugh. Uh, but yeah. I mean, I do, I do kind of like, uh, like writing topical jokes, even though they age horribly, all of them. Right. 
since I'm kind of interested in what's happening in the day anyway, I might as well use that knowledge to write some jokes, you know? But uh, it just seems like there's not many late night shows anymore. There, you know, there's like maybe that, no, Sambi's, you know, no longer. And um, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's weird. I just know a lot of really, really, really funny late night writers who are out of work. And it's like, I I don't want to go against that guy. That guy's a beast, you know? Right. Wow. And they're hiring like three people for a staff right. that needs yeah. 12. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I've yeah. noticed regular comedy club audiences really appreciate topical jokes too. It seems like uh, yeah. I've never even thought about that. But lately I've been trying to, you know, when you go to a town, do that thing of like learning a little bit about them and coming up with jokes or a current event. Yeah. They, they love it. That's why people... Used to come visit Austin and be like, "Hey, what's the name of the strip club here? And where do you have <laughs> a topic? Your topical local strip club jokes? Yeah, I yeah. Still have to write those. Yeah, just so they're mentioning the town. I'm not. I guess I'm not saying that so much, but uh, there was, people do. Did you ever appreciate work current Lisa events? Grigsby's room in in Dayton, Ohio, where they had a like a sheet on the wall where it's like the lo- they had all the local things that you could insert into your uh, oh, local that's hilarious. Mad Libs <laughs> jokes. I the strip know. club oh, you were so at last funny. night is called Jimmy's. And, oh, oh. Hey, thanks. <laughs> no, I couldn't. I'm a Wiley's guy. I can't when I'm in Dayton. But that's so funny. There was like, oh, that's great. That's actually really smart. It's like someone was like, I'm so sick of being asked this question. I might as well type it up. That lady was a genius. She also sold massive amounts of dildos after the show. Like you you had your merch, had your little t-shirts, and then she had club dildos. It, wait, it's, it's not what? the club. Okay, I think I've heard I don't know why club. it's not open still. Where they, <laughs> did they throw, I think that common game there was to throw the dildos down the hall and hit the refrigerator. There, or there was those swinging doors Someone was telling me that there's a club where you throw dildos regularly. That might have been a male comics only week, but um, sure, I didn't sure. see that when I was there. <laughs> that was for the boys. That was the boys game. That sounds like a fun game night. <laughs> Throwing yeah. dildos at a door. Aggressively. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't invited. <laughs> um. Yeah. I forgot how we... We got to this place of comedy clubs, stripper names, but being on the road, that what that that is the thing you're doing. I mean, you you've done it long enough now where yeah. it must be enjoyable in that way where you have it in hand. It's something that you do and do well or no. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, um, you're also now, you know, just have to fill the room, which is really stressful. And yep. uh, I'm clearly not on TikTok enough. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, and then also like there are certain comics who like don't care that there's a pandemic and it's still happening and, Mm -hmm. and so, and neither do their fans. And so they all come out and they'll crowd a room and who knows who goes home with COVID and long COVID. But I also, I, I kind of feel like I travel with air purifiers and I, I kind of feel like people that like me are you know, might stay home, you know, yeah. just because yeah. Omicron. Yeah. Beat. And, and so that, that makes it hard as well. It's just a, yeah, the it's a horrible time of, to be a live performer yeah, and, and a writer. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish I didn't have such a conscientious and compassionate crowd. <laughs> they cared about each other. Decent people. Darn it. Yeah. I've thought about that a lot too. That's so funny. Well, and the, 
Sorry, Blossom's here and she's got some stuff to say. Be oh, yeah. quiet. Um, I think Blossom was the name of one of the strippers at the Dayton Club. So <laughs> <laughs> fill that name in. You can always use full permission to use her name. Sure. <laughs> um, well, but then the one thing that you do have that is pandemic proof is your podcast. <laughs> sure. Right? Yes, that money making. Uh, <laughs> Jackie and I are printing money nonstop. <laughs> we, you know, we don't have a theme really, and we don't have guests, so we have a very limited appeal. Uh, <laughs> but we do talk about comedy, and and specifically our weeks that we had just finished. You know, we'll just kind of, I guess, drill deep into that, and uh, then it goes off into. Hey, that's what we do. That's there's no yeah. I I think that a lot of people want to hear that. Uh yeah, I mean between us we we've, we've you know, I th- I think she started like a year before me. So we've both been you know working for a really long time and and I mean Karen you probably know this too like they never let female comics work together and and some places mm-hmm. they still don't judging by like the few female comics I like the features I have worked with that are like crying because they're not being yeah. harassed. Um, <laughs> but uh, so like, I didn't know Jackie for, I guess, the first 25 years that we were both doing <laughs> oh, stand-up. Yeah. But I knew she existed. You <laughs> yeah. know, I see her a picture on the wall, Karen Rontowski, you know, uh, Don Wing, uh, you know, all those people. You see them on the wall. You're like, yeah. oh, I'm not the only woman. <laughs> yes. But uh, I am this in this quarter at this comedy club <laughs> as I look at the calendar. <laughs> I'm, I'm this quarter's female comic. Yeah, that's right. They're going to roll the dice on your night. <laughs> and I'm currently where and will finish. I had some hang hang ups while on vacation here, but I am going to finish your your poster art. Oh yes, cool. Yeah, I'm excited. And it's going to look really cool. And I'm sorry yeah. I haven't finished it yet. There was I have a list of excuses. You had swimmers here first of all. You can yeah, first yeah. of all, so. first and foremost. <laughs> Prior to that, an eye rash and then a little. <laughs> Uh, you know, just a laundry Don't list. Don't forget of, the hip surgery. There's not a yeah, lot of yeah, stuff going yeah. on with Chris. I mean, there's trauma from it being five years ago. And then there's just Ms. Tucky. That's very uh, <laughs> stressful yeah. as well. Oh, I'm still so, so, so angry. hard. I have to take a nap <laughs> so instead of working. You got to power through that. And then you're getting terrible advice from your manager who tells you not to work at all. So, yeah. Well, I am my manager. You got a manager. lot. You got a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what kind of why? What kind of poster is it for your live show, Lori? Uh, yeah, because I um, I thought if I had a poster, it would look cooler. And uh, uh, everyone yeah. seems to have a tour poster, like they're calling. Not to sound, I'm going to sound old again, but it, to me, it was always road work. Like you, you go on, you do a couple of weeks, then you come home. And now uh, comics are, and maybe this is a great marketing thing, calling it a tour, and they're yeah. naming yeah. their tour. Sure, sure. Yeah. So you're naming yeah. your the weeks of work you got. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I guess yes. so. It but works. people love yeah. it. And when I say poster, I don't, I just, that's what I say. I image to post yes. on uh, <laughs> digital socials. Uh, yeah, that's the difference, exactly. right? That's right. The, the difference is when, you, when we all started, there was no social media. And now it's like everything is, it's almost like whether it's a tour, whether you're doing three mm. shows in a row and going home, it's all just the presentation of, you you're gonna want to get on board with this Lori yeah. Kill Martin comedy train because yeah. check this shit out and like yeah, look at that this really drawing. is 
<laughs> yeah. And it will look, look it's like gonna, a drawing someone else did. You know, she's people are going to see good. this drawing, not even care who it, they're like, I love that art. So I'm going to yep. go see stand up. Yeah. I like her aesthetics. I don't care about her jokes. <laughs> I bet she art directed on this drawing. Uh, I, I, I tried to AD all my drawings. You very <laughs> did, much did. It was very, I had no questions after uh, questions. No quips or questions about no your list of details. It's oh, was very cool. concise, and it's going to look great. And I will have it done very soon. After. Yeah, but Please. the fear, yes, it, uh, getting people to go to your shows. There's all these other things you have to worry about because I too am worried this weekend that I won't fill the seats, and then I'll feel sad while I'm on yeah. stage, just counting the empty seats, and it's all TikTok. Like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I thought TikTok a year ago was lip syncing and dancing. And now I'm realizing I've seen it affect so many comics' careers that they're active on there and doing things every other day. And it's like, oh, I clearly need to pretend I'm young and post clips. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, stand-up clips. But I I think it's also, if you can find something that's fun to do, you know, like, like Otsuko, uh, kind of does this thing where she just lowers her ass really slowly and she <laughs> looks like she's enjoying it and, and it doesn't look like a hassle and people love it and it's, it's actually yeah. getting people to come to her stand-up shows. I crazy. know, I've seen it. It's blown my mind and it, yeah. it does look like a hassle though. It looks like something that would hurt my knees. <laughs> Well, also, you know, it's like that thing of get, it's basically a calling card where it's like her and her grandma, those videos are so great. Yeah. Yeah. And it's almost, it is that thing of like, if you want to know who you're going to go see, then that's like, it's masterful marketing in that way where she's like, this is kind of what I'm about. It's the same thing with, it makes me think of Chris Fleming. I mean, this is also, it's just about they're fucking young and they're hip and they know, but like you making these videos where it's basically you doing a two minute bit into a camera, but the way a lot of comics are these days, it's not, it's not set up punch. It's like, it's a, it's like personality monologuing. Yes. And yeah. then people are like, oh yeah, I like this. I'm I'm into this. I just think yeah. people are kind of the the younger comics that I see are also they're they're doing marketing, they're doing, they're they're kind of mastering this idea. Whereas like I not only wouldn't have tried that hard. Uh, I wouldn't have put that effort in, but I also am always that kind of thing. Why aren't people doing it for me? Whereas like, these are the, these are like the millennials that like, you know, the economy bottomed out and they were like, I'll figure it out and I'll make my fucking way because I have to. Right. right? I noticed it during quarantine, people kicking it into that high gear. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Like, like like Conan has an incredible, you know, social media presence, but he also has people that do the whole thing for him. And yeah. once you see that, you're like, oh, I I I can't do the job of 15 people. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's because right. it really takes that many people to like, you know, or not exactly, but it takes <laughs> a lot of people to really do it well and make it look good. And uh he he doesn't really do much but be himself. And yeah. that's the dream. And so that these um, younger comics are doing all that stuff too. It's exhaust. That's yeah. to me very exhausting. And to, you know? yeah, to be honest, sure. the reason I have water in my ear is because I was trying to comedically. F- I realized when I fall off that hydrofoil thing, it was throwing me in the air, and I took video of it for TikTok. And I 
cartoonishly <laughs> wanted to fall. And that is, I'm not kidding. That's why I have a lot of water in my air. It looks hilarious on my TikTok. And you guys tune in to me is getting it, water it jammed in my butts in seats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for real. You take that hit. You take that water yeah. right to the ear. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, do, does it translate to, hey, well, come watch me do stand-up. I'm going to fall down into lakes of water on stage. I guess not, <laughs> but it shows my physical, That's up to you. physical ability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, slapstick. And you're back. You're back from hip surgery. Now you're just falling places. <laughs> <Yeah. places. laughs> Time to finally care. announce it after five years. <laughs> yeah. Be like, I'm comfortable saying I'm back from hip surgery now. I've tested it out. I've used it. I know I'm good. I'm now, good. When, when is this tour that I'm doing a poster for? And do you want to give away the concept or, or what? what uh, it's you? called, is it, is it called Cis Woke Grief Slut? Uh, that is, I don't yes. believe that's what I jotted down. Did, oh, did, we should clarify that. Okay, yeah, that, okay, that would be I great. Will. Do you, you guys have the meeting now. We'll have the <laughs> text. I'll do the text later. I, I just, I had a font picked out, but I, I just know the image. Uh, yeah, I mean, the tour started and it'll go uh, for a couple more years. Um, this, this, this image will, until I get a, another writing job. So because this image is going to last so me much, a while. <laughs> it's not so much a tour as it is just your career that continues. <laughs> yeah. okay. yes. Well, call it the poster tour because you'll have a poster during part of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. 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 I'm I'm gonna be at the Den in Chicago, August thirteenth. I don't know if this will drop before then, but uh, apparently I could really use some ticket sales, according to the at the, the Den in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, according to the, uh, I guess the theater owner. No, yeah, mm. I. That's why I'm talking. I got that text today. Like we only yeah. have this number of tickets, and it's like, well, now I'm just gonna worry about who I am as a person because I don't know what to do about that. I know, I know. <laughs> Chicago's so far away. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually, you gotta about, get a street team <laughs> to get out I'm there. About two thousand miles from it, so uh, <laughs> yeah. Wait. This will not be out before your Chicago show. Well, oh. you guys missed a, a <laughs> banger, honestly. Right. Um, and, and yeah, I just want to say after the fact that my show's this weekend in Portland, and see, you guys were great and I was funny. Thank you. Lori, <laughs> <laughs> is there anything that you have like near the end of the month? Just to give a little, let's talk through some cities. 19th yeah. and 20th, I'm at Laughs in Seattle. Great. Uh, come on yes. out for that. And then uh, I'm home for a little bit. And then I'm in Toronto in September. Ooh. Um, and then Milwaukee in October. At uh, And then I met uh, Dr. Grins in Grand Rapids <laughs> in December. So mark yeah. calendars. Nice. Uh, so dinosaurs, if you're going to call yourselves that, which I don't know. <laughs> but if you want to go to a comedy club and watch a headliner that clearly knows how to do stand-up comedy. Lori Kilmartin is one of the best, truly, like, is known through, a, is a comics comic. Ugh. And and I don't know, I, like, you talk about stuff that really matters and is important, and you, like, you kind of, like, get the audience, but then you, like, let them off the hook, but then you put them back on the hook. Like, you talk <laughs> about important shit, you are your own person, you actually have real opinions, but everyone is still having a great time. I, I have never really seen anybody do that same thing that you do on oh, stage. Thank you. So. 
I want our audience to understand that. Like, if you really want to go out and have a good time and watch a a comic, I don't want to say a female comic because God damn it, we're always like qualified and separated. Right, right, right. A comic that knows what the fuck she's doing, it's Lori Kilmartin. So if you heard it in your city in any of those that just got mentioned, absolutely go and buy a ticket and support someone who absolutely deserves your support in that Oh way. my gosh. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Of course. Yeah, you are one of the comics. When I am on a show with you, I always watch your set. I can't say that for a lot of com- Even people <laughs> I really like or think they're funny. I'm, I know their material or they're not, I know they're yeah, not going right. to do something new. I always watch your set. Yeah. I love you as well. Yeah. You guys <laughs> are that's what I was geniuses. <laughs> um, I am your manager. I have, I, I sell a book and uh, it's truly the worst merch idea ever is to have books. Heavy. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Oh my God. Do you God. ship them out or you take them with you? No, I the take them with me. It's too expensive to ship. So I just, I usually do Southwest <laughs> so I get the two free bags. Nice. And then I right. just dislocate my shoulders as I'm dragging <laughs> my bags to a condo. <laughs> and then and then sell the thing no one wants anymore, a book. <laughs> People want books. They They're like, do you, can I get this on Kindle? I understand <laughs> that you lifted it the whole time, but I want it to be more convenient for me. <laughs> readers anymore. I'm having a hard time reading a book, you know, like it's just hard to thank you. Stay focused. Yeah. You know what I just did recently is I went on to the internet and I bought a bunch of books, not that were like, what's the novel my friends are reading or what's, you know, trendy or whatever. I literally picked books like uh, they're almost like picture books. Like one's about mudlarking, which is the people that go along the Thames River and find basically old shit that's oh. because it used to be a garbage can. There's stuff that's just laying along the river that's from the 1500s, the 1800s. Well, and Like ev- magnet like, fishing? Um, well, yeah, but it's just kind of there. So it's like, it's yeah. a book. I It's hard to explain, but that's basically it. But this book is is a book of a guy that, it's his findings. So it's just pictures, but he's explaining like he found it and then he identified it. And so it's kind of like being a detectorist, but it's like just walking along the banks and in these certain parts where they used to just throw, you know, like in the, I think it was 1700s, everybody used to smoke a, a pipe like, and they were clay pipes. And then when they broke or whatever, they just throw them into the water. Like they used to just use it as <laughs> a garbage God. can. Right. And so anyway, there's like, so I I wanted to get this book because I heard about it and I think mudlarking is so fascinating. And then I was like, I'm going to get a bunch of other books like this that are basically like picture books and things that I'm not going to have to like use my honor society brain to get (laughs) into my head that I can just go to sleep looking at. So it's like a hundred great archaeological finds of the 20th century or whatever, like a bunch of shit that's kind of like, there's some, a couple paragraphs in there, but it's also a bunch of pictures. Yeah. And then just like have no shame about it. Yeah. It's right. I have shame anymore. There's no shame about anything. I just have shame about, I'm only looking at my phone all the time for entertainment (laughs) and pictures. It's like, let me look at a book for God's sake. Yeah. Guys, look at the Nick, please. Um, (laughs) If I can make a final pitch. (laughs) And Uh, the tick. Uh, Yeah. And the witch. If you do anything this week. Yeah, the witches of Eastwick. Is is that the movie (laughs) where they all throw up uh, cherry pits? 
Yes, Actually, it is. don't watch. That's disgusting. Well, but so if you can't watch <laughs> Witches of Eastwick, then clearly just watch John Wick 1, 2, or 3. <laughs> yes. Thank God. There's I so knew many you, that we I have. I knew you'd come up with a new one. <laughs> and which is a perfect way to end the episode. To wrap this and down. Call back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right? John Wick. And uh, I knew it was there. I knew it was there. I just couldn't think of it. I knew Karen yeah. would think yeah. honor society brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lori, thank you so much for doing this with us. Thank yeah. you for having me. I, I'm yeah. sorry that I'm not ending it at an airport, but you know that's it's a different time. <laughs> so are we? Yeah, yeah. It's, it is a different it is a different COVID wave. We'll get yeah. there. We'll get back someday. <laughs> and I'll talk to you soon. And you're gonna have the most beautiful poster uh, for my tour. And and yeah. tour and the tour will also be beautiful. Yeah, Chris. <laughs> when you're done with that poster, we can post it on the Dinar social. So then it's see, then it's acting as two things. It's a reference to the show people heard. Perfect. And it'll have dates on it, right? Yeah, yeah. Cool. I, I'm I'm excited. About this is it. how we do it in the modern times. Stand up yeah. comedy in modern days. <laughs> Thanks for being on. Do you need a ride? You've been listening to Do You Need a Ride? D Y N A R. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Mixed by John Bradley. Artwork by Chris Fairbanks. Theme song by Karen Kilgariff. Follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dynar Podcast. That's D-Y-N-A-R Podcast. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Wee! <laughs> Follow Do You Need a Ride on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you never miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit the exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Do You Need a Ride merch.